Joan Hogan in studio this morning. Prairie Doc Radio. Good morning. The gang's all here. Well, it's good to be the here. Gang's all the gang's here. all here. He's ready to start singing, and he is Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc. As Bob just said, we're both in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. He said free advice. You know, a lot of times <laughs> free advice is worth what it you pay costs, for. what you pay for. <laughs> but in this case, I oh, think free advice wow. is so valuable because this man is knowledgeable. He's an internal medicine physician. He's worked with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. He's worked yaddy, with the University yaddy, of yaddy. South Dakota. He's worked with <laughs> South Dakota State University. He knows a lot. So this free advice is really worth a whole lot more than what you pay. Yeah, but Joan, have you noticed, and this is true, the psychology is uh, um, kids sitting outside the entrance door to the mall with a box of squirming puppies that said free puppies to give away. No one would stop. But then they said puppies for sale $5, and they got rid of all of them. So it's all in your perception, right? It's all right? in your head. Nothing, yeah. nothing you know, like it. When we had the shoe store, we had um, shoes on crazy days, and that's coming up in Brookings. Uh, years ago, we had shoes that we wanted to move out, and we just weren't, you know, we wanted to give them away free. No one would take them. So we had Cinderella shoes. If they fit, you can have it. If they don't fit, you can't have it. Well, mothers would come in with their kids, make sure it fits. If it doesn't fit them, you cannot take it. We didn't charge them anything, but the trick was you can't just take them free. They have to fit your foot, and then they went. Really, so you have to have something. With the yeah, shoes. Yeah. The name was if the shoe fits, so it fit perfectly. The yeah. name of our store for newcomers wouldn't know that, but we did that for a couple years and just moved out some shoes that hadn't moved at all. Mothers were thrilled; they weren't really free. You had to show that they fit, and then they would take them. That is Isn't it crazy? You know, you can't give something away free. People doubt the value of it. You think medical stuff would work the same way? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. If it fits, Rick. Well, I don't if know. the answer fits the question, what do you think? You Rick? know, part of the whole thing of medical care is that it is covered for the most part by a third-party payer. And or the way that you do, you trick the system to get the most from the third-party payer. You've, you're not even, uh, you know, sometimes the emphasis is not on the illness. It's on how can I have someone else pay for this? Why don't you explain to people, the term goes around, a third lot of people don't payer. quite get what a third-party payer a is. A third-party payer is not you or not whoever it is that... Not you or the doctor. Right. It is the insurance company, the government, somebody else. Somebody else. That's not that interested in what care you're getting. Ah, so if a third-party player has a big payer. role, yeah. payer, a third party, not player, a payer, well, player and uh, whichever, has a big role yeah. in the decision making, that is not That good. is an interference. It truly and is. so I, I don't like the system that we have that pays for our health care here. I'm not happy about the idea of um, uh, a single party, a uh, single payer system, uh, but I sure think it would be better than the system we have now. And if um, it were single payer, we all know what that means. That'd government a, and that and actually, do you want to know the truth? Government pays for thir- uh, for uh, a good more percentage. than fifty percent, sixty percent of the health care that we have here now in this country. So we really a, the, have close know, to a single party. Except we, ha- and, we have insurance and everybody about. seems to be relatively satisfied with Medicare and even Medicaid. Actually, the sub- stu- studies show. Um, the trouble ha- has come with the, in the, the insurance uh, industry, and the, and the cost now is increasing for every individual, and we're screaming bloody murder. I like the idea of getting back to uh, reducing the cost of the things uh, 
to a decent level instead of being an outrage. And you go to the emergency room, it used to be a couple hundred bucks. It's thousands. It's thousands, yeah. It's, that's, a, that's a crime. I went to an ER in Ireland a number of years ago, $50. I was yeah. there overnight, $50. You were there overnight? Overnight. In the emergency room, I, I was uh, dehydrated. I didn't have Guinness that day. That was my yeah, problem. Was a, I would not have been dehydrated a, a day without Guinness. Guinness, and I became dehydrated. <laughs> but they kept me overnight, and it was $50. No kidding. Oh, crazy. So I think there's a place for, um, they say the reason that healthcare is so expensive in the United States is twofold. One is we're obsessed with technology. Uh, you, you've almost dropped the value of the time uh, the doctor sp- sits down, examines the patient, listens to the history. It's just that's that's been de-emphasized, de-emphasized, and de-emphasized. that's one of the most important things in medicine. Way more important than that doggone CAT scan that doesn't gonna, that isn't going to show. You know, I have to tell you, the CAT scan they did on me the first week I had belly pain didn't show pancreatic cancer, showed nothing. The ultrasound they had the night I had the first pain. Did not show gallbladder disease. Did show the normal pancreas, normal biliary tract. Uh, you can't pick it up by that. You have to pick it up by the history, and by your examination. But the examination was normal too. A week later, I was yellow. The examination had the diagnosis. You didn't need the CAT scan right. or the MRI. Just look at the guy turning yellow. There must be a reason, yeah, right? Yeah. So technology is one of the problems. What's the second? You said it's twofold. It's twofold because of the third-party system. Okay. And someone else is paying, and the systems try to bargain with them, and the only way to bargain with them is you raise your prices, and then they, they give you a percentage of the price you charge, right? Right. Uh, it's so continued it. to go up and up and up. So our prices are artificially inflated. Uh, the real cost of providing care for somebody, if you didn't do the, uh, uh, the technology that was not necessary, would be would go down. markedly less. So we have inflated prices, terribly inflated prices because of the third-party system. Now I hate to and think... Te- and over-dependence on technology. Those are the two reasons for the health care. Well, prices. neither one of us are smart enough to, to solve it. However, well, however, my concern is when you have elected officials who say Obamacare isn't working, others who say, well, we have to have something... And a Congress which is ineffective. The big answer is for those people we elected as senators to sit down and talk to each other and listen to intelligence and the two of them work it out together instead of fighting. I think almost everyone who who fought, who voted in the recent election, whichever way they voted, feels if those darlings that are in Washington, D.C. would Would. just get together and stop being... Uh, obstinate and just decide between you what is the best for this country rather than what's the best to get me reelected. Yeah. I think we'd be okay. I agree with you. Polarized. We're, we're too we're polarized. So polarized. But I will say this. This is something you're not going to uh, oh, expect. For, uh, for the most part, they're really good people. They're caring. Uh, uh, there's too much. Uh, but, but like everything else, 10% of them are bad people. Uh, and and you'll see that in the medical profession, or five five percent, five or ten percent. 
five or ten percent of the clergy, five to ten percent of the and it's a uh, bad name for the rest of them, the, right? And it makes a bad name for the rest. They can work hard, hard, hard. But you get an issue like that, and you have somebody who, you know, okay, we've been saying we're going to dump it for seven years. We better follow through on that. Mitch McConnell leading the crowd, and then follow the lead. And you know, if you don't follow the lead, you're screwed forever from the rest of your partners. So think of the pressures that are going on up up there. So I'm very forgiving uh, in, in one sense. On the other sense, I'm just so frustrated that, okay, drop the crap, work together. That's and and the one of the thing. things that they say the best thing to do to help work together is to vote for um, anybody who will uh, – uh, primary, an open primary, so that it, you don't – if you're an independent, you can actually vote in the primary. You pay for the primary, but you can't vote if you've declared independence. So um, if you're a Democrat, you can only vote for Democrats. If you're a Republican, you only vote for Republicans. That's a screwed up system. Why don't you open up the primary, let anybody vote? And what they say is the result is that we'll get more centrists, people who you are will. willing to work together. You're right. You're right. And, uh, the closed primary is polarizing. Polarizing. So you're let's right. get rid of it. Well, you know what you have to do is you have to have... 40,000 signatures to do it. Well, you know how you get 40,000 signatures? I learned this. You have to have money. You oh. have to have money to pay people to go out and to get signatures. So, because that's the only way you'll get that many signatures to allow... Uh, um, an open primary. To, to get a vote, to allow people to vote for an open primary. Right. We missed it this last vote by 5%. There was, it was very close. So... Um, uh, but I that's would think state it, by state, isn't it? That yeah, that's a state by yeah, state deal. Nice it's being pushed for the whole nationally country. by people of both parties. It's it's yeah. a both party issue. I think that would uh, that and gerrymandering uh, would the really two of them bring us really back help. to a, uh, a democracy instead of a polarizing, crappy. System. Okay, we have both been on our high horse for we a need while. To take We're going to take a break. We'll promise we'll get, get off our high geriatrics. horse. We'll get back to medicine. No more politics. All right, forget Ugh. the politics. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Holm and I promised to get off our high horse. But I wanted to say Oh, wait a minute. He's still on it. Watch out, folks. <laughs> right after this, we'll get off our okay. high horse. Yes, Dr. Holm. So in preparation for this coming, coming uh, television season, uh, 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 Jay Van Duke video and his son Carson videoed uh, us uh, uh, videoed me interviewing Katie and Bernie Hunhoff uh, in front of the Falls Park. So the falls are going, the trees are moving, you know, the wind is blowing in everybody's hair, and and those two wonderful people. Some people don't know them. Tell us who the Hunhoffs are. Well, they run South Dakota Magazine. Okay. And uh, he's been involved in politics too, hasn't he? He uh, is uh, the head of the Democratic le leadership of some okay. kind. And I, he was the senator, or is the senator? He was on the House. He's he's politically active. Right. He's a Democrat, and in a in a Republican state that dominates in peer Republicans. And I thought I would catch a fair amount of you know angst and frustration with the system and so on and so forth. You talk to Bernie Hunoff, there is a gentleman. He said, you know, they're hardworking people. They're good people. We work together. We do a lot of things together. It's a wonderful state. And, um, uh, you know, you, you find that kind of people, and you, you, you're amazed by it. So there's a real leader. I'd, I'd vote for that, gov that is man as a governor um, in a he millisecond. Could. He's just a generous, caring, loving, open-minded 
uh, good guy. And um, so, I mean, that was this whole story that makes me think that, you know what, it really isn't as awful as I have a There are good people in politics. To no two ways about and it. And we like to b- complain about our politicians, so that's kind of our American way, isn't it, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> a house divided against itself cannot stand. And that was, who, who said that? Abraham Lincoln. What Abraham. I also think is from the Bible, so I'm not sure. Yeah, there you <laughs> Both go. Both of them said it, the Bible and Abe. Well, Bernie is a good man. He's done a lot of Wonderful good, and now he's, uh, he and his wife are doing the South Dakota Magazine, which is very popular. No, no, his daughter. Oh, his daughter His does. daughter, Katie. Oh. So Katie is the editor. Bernie is the, quote, editor at large. I said, does that okay. mean anything about weight gain? No. No. <laughs> so um, so he and his daughter were being interviewed. Okay. Yeah, Katie cool. is this lovely lady, and her little son was out jumping around and mm-hmm. playing in the in the park and just about dumping into the the, the fall <laughs> well, we'll all get to see that interview this fall then right probably yeah. I- near december right in the okay. december That'd be lulls great. Well, tomorrow night home. you do have a repeat of a program that you aired january 5th some of you weren't around january 5th and you might want to catch it tomorrow night and it's a program on aging gracefully and you had as a guest david ziegler who is uh an internist with, with an internist that's the finest of medicine you know the yes they're internist. the very best you the know. very best <laughs> and he's at sanford school of medicine uh, right? you know of course uh as a sanford doctor not an avera doctor you know we are competitors well he's one of my dearest friends i mean you know what do you do what do you say you they, can they, compete with dear friends yeah well there's yeah. no i mean there's no let the systems compete the doctors sure don't but um, it's a good way of putting it yeah <laughs> So, uh, Ziegler is a geriatrician, really, because as an internist, you care for the elderly and their complicated problems, and it's a beautiful interview with a man with a lifetime of wisdom, and um, so, you know, I, I, it, that was a lot of fun to do, and you'll see that, that, uh, that energy uh, of, uh, of joy uh, coming from that wonderful man tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow o'clock. night you'll see more of it, but um, one thing that was brought up at that in the program in January, and you'll hear more about it tomorrow, is the Emory University. We all know a certain graduate of Emory University, yeah, well, our Dr. Richard Holm, <laughs> but they put down the Big Ten, Basics and Geriatrics. Okay. Kind of an interesting list, yeah. isn't it? Well, I'll just run through it. That's kind of fun. Number one, now, I, I'm going to go number 10. We'll do it the classic uh, way. Number 10, ethical issues in end-of-life care are critical aspects to geriatrics. Well, that is really true. I almost want to put that as number one. You know, the end-of-life care, the biggest error that we would have is not being prepared because we'll end up on a feeding tube in a nursing home for three years. Uh, Which we don't want. Who wants that? No one. All right, number two, nine. Boom, 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 boom. Do you have any coming down music or any you know, videos uh, or anything? I could go bum, 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 uh, bum. Geriatric care is provided in a variety of settings, ranging from the home to long-term care institutions. In other words, hospice, home health, uh, visiting nurses, chaplaincy, and uh, the nurse, nurse programs through the churches. A uh, variety of different settings, you know, the nursing home, the assisted living, the... Uh, the the extended home kind of care third number eight uh iatrogenic illnesses are common what is iatrogenic illness bob you know everything right do you know i have never heard that term before have you i can't say um diseases associated with aging stumped 
the stump the, stump the stars here. He you is guys, a star. Neither one of, neither one of you. And you've worked with me for how many years? And you but don't you know never used that term before. Yeah, that's a new one. That's unfair. You had to use the term for us to know about it. Speak English. Don't speak doctor, speak English. Yeah, that means doctor caused it. So, I mean, we have oh, to... Oh, no wonder we never heard yeah. that term We're not going to say that. <laughs> doctor calls? No, no, of course we have a code word for that. He's never oh, mentioned that before. Iatrogenic, Iatrogenic uh, illness. What a fancy name for the doctor group. Uh, too many medicines. Polypharmacy is the biggest ish, uh, issue and complications of hospitalizations and falls and immobility. They blame us right. for any fall. But you know what? They're said that they're, they are common... However, many of them are preventable. So what of, they're of in this in this um, list of the Big Ten for geriatric geriatric care, you just want to be more cautious. I am aware of it. I have a whole chapter uh, on medicines and supplements uh, and how dangerous polypharmacy can be, including whenever you're taking a pill of some kind, you're also taking. An herb, well, the herb can mess around with everything just as much as the, 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 uh, the, the prescription medicine. So Absolutely. Number seven. Number seven. Cognitive and uh, affective disorders are prevalent and commonly underdiagnosed at early stages. Now, can you understand what that meant? Cognitive and aff- affective disorders. We've both heard those words, haven't we, Bob? Yeah. Cognitive uh, meaning thinking <laughs> or m- dementia is missed early. So affective disorder, which is emotional disorder. So psychiatric problems are missed early. Now, now uh, what can we do so, about the so, being okay, missed early? Well, there it is. Not much. Oh. I mean, let's look at it. I mean, I think that's a weak one because, uh, of course, I, I think we need to support mental health care, uh, whether it's a mild or severe care. It needs to be supported. But to pick it up early... Well, if, if that's everybody. <laughs> who you doesn't know? have some psychiatric illness? Huh? Who doesn't um, wrestle with some kind of depression or anger? But as you um, get older, issues. if you have a m- major depression issue, you may hide it, and you may be very good at hiding it. I recently went, I hate to think I'm old enough, but I'm old enough. I recently went into the doctor, and they, before I left, they said, now we just have this little sheet of questions that you would, would you please answer? They all were related to depression. Yes. And anyone, a certain age, probably anyone over 50, okay. no, probably anyone <laughs> over 70 has to answer this. And I thought, that's no, really good. 60. That's a way of catching it yep. early, yep. right? Yep. Is, is People won't bring it up. Is Avera just doing that or a lot of places? A lot of places are, are okay. doing that. And I had never seen that before. Of course, I was probably much too early for but it. But I mean, you know, young, you should. Young, yeah. yeah. There's a, a million of those that we should do. Why are we just doing it of for depression but uh, and the but reality it's a good is, idea but i came to you because i have a hangnail why are you asking me these questions about depression you know and then of course there's the other questions that have been required of certain places do you have a gun at home and is it locked that kind of stuff Whoa. too well that's not appropriate i don't think when they came to me they didn't want that question no um and so but i think the depression questions are good because people do hide those i would feelings. Uh, true and but do you want me to put you on a medicine for them no no, no. Well, so I'm I mean, depressed. okay. So, <laughs> so the question is, early on, should we be putting people on pills? Oh, I, mean, I it's see. Like a pill is an answer to everything. The answer uh, often is exercise, particularly early. I say that to everybody. They need to exercise because it helps early on in cognitive and in affective disorder. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, so anyway, 
Uh, early diagnosis of, for example, early diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, so what? It doesn't make a difference. It won't change the course of disease. Early diagnosis of dementia, it's not, if you've made sure they don't have B12 deficiency and make sure that they don't have thyroid disease and make sure that there's no tumor growing in their brain, Okay. What else can you do? There's right? nothing to do. So you don't think it's a good idea? Well, it's the weakest of these issues. That's oh. number seven. Number okay. six. <laughs> Get on. And to six. Okay. Six is uh, it's a multidisciplinary condition of uh, caring for the aged. And the point I'm making is you've got to involve the nurses. You've got to involve the physical therapy people. You've got to involve nutritionists and speech pathologists and respiratory care therapists and so on and so forth number we're going to stop at six because we need to take a break okay there are five left if we haven't bored you yet come on back welcome back to prairie doc radio we're happy to have you listening if you're wondering what the countdown from 10 to 1 is the emory big 10 they're basics, basics and, geriatric. and geriatrics and okay. we're going through them starting at 10 and working our way up to one okay and it is interesting you do have older people listening to the show so uh, i think uh, they're interested what is number five number five social history social support patient preferences are essential aspects in managing geriatric patients so knowing social uh, history looking at your family who's your support what kind of things are going on where do you live how did you get here from home uh, looking at every living situation what kind of spiritual support do you have uh, as we as I'm the medical director of the hospice um, it's amazing uh, when what we find out some people are just bolstered with family and friends and church and office and you know everything's you good everything uh, and then there are people who are alone they're alone uh, and uh, there's no help uh, so you you just uh, so that's the help of hospice number four functional ability and quality of life are critical outcomes of geriatric posture functional ability in other words uh, people uh, we used to look at um, uh, how do you measure a person's uh, dementia one of them is functional ability do they know not to put the Tupperware in the oven uh, can they actually feed themselves um, are they uh, getting up in the morning uh, you know the the things that happen as far as doing the daily uh, activities number three reversible and treatable conditions are often underdiagnosed and undertreated in other words you miss things that can be treated in the older population why do you think that they would be missed more in the older than in the normal population, you know, the well, middle the, population? Because they get more. The, the reality is as you get older, you get things. You get early cancer. I mean, cancers pop up. Uh, weaknesses pop up. Bone But why uh, are they fracture. underdiagnosed if you're older? I don't get that. Well, some of them is that they, they die, uh, particularly men, cover up. Oh, but when it you're younger, you're, you're not healthy. diagnosing it. It's that they won't come in for the help they need. And if they it. come into the, your office, they'll often come into the office and they go, "Hi, how are you?" And you really get down to it. Their uh, their wife forced them to come in. They didn't That's want it. to be there. And then you then you do a kind of a review of systems. You start in the head and you go all the way to the toes until they, oh, I've been having chest. By the pain. way, <laughs> you know, these chest pains are I getting want. worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, by the way. So, so I think uh, reversible conditions, catch them early. Uh, so people need to be sensitive and do talk to their doctor about it and have a doctor. 
We right. should, everybody should have a doctor. Number two, medical conditions in geriatric patients are commonly chronic, multiple, multifactorial. You know, if you look at the, the problem list that I have on my patients, they're not one problem, sore throat. You know, it's not one problem, I've got a headache. It is, they've got a headache, they've got a sore throat, they have chronic back pain, they've got some depression, there is a history of, of uh, gallbladder disease and they have diarrhea whenever they eat. You know, it's, it, it goes on and on. And this is more so as you get older. If you're in the geriatric population, there it's multiple. 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 Multifactorial. And okay. it immediately makes it difficult to use a p pill. If I've got a pill for this problem, and then I've got a pill for this other problem, and then I've got a pill for this other problem, well, the pill one counteracts two, and three makes two were, I mean, you know, you, you've got to re, and pretty soon you've got 20 pills, and they all don't mix, and they cause problems. So, multiple problems. You know there's a lot of problems, but you have to find a way to deal with them without over-medicating. And medication is not the answer for most of those problems. You know, okay. we think the pill is the answer for this. It I'll is bet, Bob, don't you think you know what the answer would be? I mm. think I know. Should we say it together? Uh, exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than a pill, right? Number one, aging is not a disease. All right, I love that one. It is I, not a disease. Aging is not a disease. It's, a, it's a beautiful process. It's the fourth season. It's a reality of life. B you know, enjoy it. <laughs> savor it. I watched a, a new grandpa uh, today at Cook's Kitchen uh, <laughs> as he... <laughs> sat across from his grandchild not his daughter <laughs> okay. it was beautiful and um, the attention he was given to that little boy and, and uh, god great. you know you look at that, that what's that that's a f that's a fourth season and that's, condition that's uh, kind of nice but do you know they did not list abuse elder abuse is a major problem uh in uh our, po our elder population We're, we didn't get our fourth or our our second one a one a would be elder abuse huh? elder abuse let me I, I just read an article uh, in psychology today because I was referred to it when I'm looking up what are the reasons for abuse because I'm I'm doing a chapter on abuse and the uh, answer is one of the common causes is that I thought is repetition compulsion you know you only abuse because you were abused and that's the reason uh, that's not necessarily true. One of the reasons that people abuse is because they were absolutely spoiled their whole life long. They never faced somebody saying, you're wrong, you're, you, you made a mistake, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, um, and, and had to face the fact that uh, they had to change. They, they, someone else is in control. Um, and uh, when these kids who are raised in that world where their parents covered up any problem that might have occurred, went to the school, forced them, the, the teacher to do this or that, uh, the kid doesn't know n uh, when somebody disagrees, his wife disagrees with him. He doesn't know how to handle he it. He doesn't know how to handle it, and he slaps her and forces, you know, he just turns off. You can't, he can't face um, uh, a failure, quote unquote. We all have to face failures. We need to have, uh, they say there's two components to raising your children and then we're going to quit. One is you love them unconditionally and the second one is you give them good discipline, fair discipline. The ball is out of the court, it goes to the other team. No emotional part here, it just goes to the other team. Sorry, you're not this time. We're out of time. Time to quit. It's We're yours. out of time, but I love everything you've said, and I hope you've all enjoyed it, too, listening to Prairie Doc Radio today. Dr. Holm will be with you next week, as will I, and until then, 
Yes, and, home. and don't forget to watch David Ziegler tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, public broadcasting. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Joan. Stay healthy out there.